This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 796 with Nadia Ahrens. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 796. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Nadia Ahrens is a psychotherapist and spiritual life coach. A graduate of Columbia University, she's been helping women heal for over 20 years. Nadia believes that we all struggle and have trauma and tragedy to grow from, herself included. She shares her experience of losing her eight-year-old son in 2016 so that she can be a beacon for others. Along with working with her one-on-one clients, she leads workshops, online groups, and retreats. She's also a hypnotherapist and uses this creative and spiritual modality in her work. Using a blend of clinical expertise and hypnotherapy, she helps women turn their wounds into wisdom. I have worked with Nadia personally, and I've referred a number of other people to her. And I think that I can sum it up by saying that everyone who walks away, walks away transformed. And one of my dear, dear friends, after I first sent her to Nadia, she called me like immediately after her session. And she's like, I can never not have Nadia in my life. (laughs) So, So needless to say, Nadia's work is deeply impactful, deeply transformational. I'm so glad that she's here on the show today. She's such a treasure to me. She's become a dear, dear friend. And I'm really excited to have her on the show. That said, I have to share when I first met her, we met through a mutual friend, shout out to Jessica Butts. And when I first met her, and I learned that she had a son who had passed away at the age of eight, Vinny was eight at that time. And I remember, I wasn't able to talk to her about her son, because it would make me immediately tear up. And I didn't want her to have to take care of me when we would talk about Jack. So I would just not talk about Jack. And if she talked about him, I would, you know, let her talk. But I was so careful, because I was like, I don't want to cry in front of this mom about her loss because that just felt really, really inappropriate. But over the years, I watched how she talked about or how she still talks about Jack. And I've never been so touched or blown away by someone's ability to maintain a relationship like a very active and involved and present relationship with someone who is no longer physically here 
sitting right beside them. And it's an absolutely beautiful, beautiful way that Nadia does this. And it's I've learned so much. And so I've known for a while that I wanted her to come on the show. But I also knew that I needed to be able to have this conversation in a way that would be beneficial for everyone and where I couldn't let my own mama heart get in the way and fall apart talking about someone else's grief. Because again, that would be really inappropriate. So I've worked through my own stuff around this conversation in order to show up for Nadia for this conversation and also really in order to honor Jack, who was eight years old when he left this earth physically, but he continues to live on. And I love, love getting to know Jack through Nadia. And I also love, love getting to know about Nadia's work, which has largely been inspired by the way that she has continued her relationship with Jack in this really powerful way. So we're going to dig into all of that today. So listen in to hear Nadia share how to be intentional about giving the best of us, not the rest of us. So she talks about this as givers and as people who are really empathetic which is so many of my listeners, all of my listeners, we tend to give away the best of ourselves. And how can we give the best of ourselves, but not give the rest, not give everything to everyone? She also talks about how she managed the grief of losing her son, Jack, when he was eight years old, and how she shifted during that season from waiting to die to choosing to live. She talks about why she made herself sit in the black hole of grief before she started making her way out. She talks about how to check in on a grieving friend in a thoughtful and intentional way. Then she talks about, we dig into the concept of soul work, especially as you navigate hard moments or seasons, and the importance of holding space for this is happening for me versus this is happening to me without bypassing anything, by the way, in terms of like being able to hold space for that, because there can be bypassing in that concept. And we talk about how to do that in a way that is not bypassing. And then we talk about what hypnotherapy is, what it's not, the myths and the truths around this really powerful form of trauma healing. I will tell you, I went into my first, my hypnotherapy session with Nadia, like, what are we going to do? Am I going to like fall asleep? Will I remember it? I totally remember it. I was very present for the whole thing. I felt like that session just dispelled so many myths for me. And so we're going to do that for you as well today. So with all that said, oh, this is a good one. You're going to love meeting my friend Nadia. So please join me in welcoming Nadia Ahrens to the Shameless Mom Academy. Nadia, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. Oh, I'm so excited to have you, my friend. I'm so excited to be here. So we just got on Zoom and we were both laughing because we are used to seeing each other pretty much every day on Marco Polo or just seeing each other in person. So it feels funny to be like talking to your friend on Zoom for an interview versus like a casual conversation at 6 a.m., sometimes from our beds or like our our couch with coffee. Or... <laughs> but this is going to be great. I'm excited. I can't wait. And it's funny just to do the live because it is usually on Marco Polo where we recorded. I know it's going to be great. Like this is, we, I think a lot of the things that we are going to talk about today are things that we've talked about on Marco Polo, which actually were the things that like made me think, why has Nadia not been on my podcast? (laughs) So it'll be like digging into things that we have talked about from time to time on Marco Polo, which I think will be really, really beneficial for some of our listeners and really relatable to some of our listeners and maybe therapeutic and healing for some of our listeners. So with all that, let's start with, Tell us a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and anything you're most excited about right now. Oh, that is a good question. Well, things I'm excited about. There's so many things I'm excited about right now. Well, one is I finished the first draft of my book, which is super exciting. Um, it, I still have, you know, I'm at the plateau and I have more of the mountain to climb, but it's essentially all about the whole soul and helping women really heal themselves and to help get them off of that hamster wheel that we are conditioned to believe that we have to be on societally, culturally. And it's really just about slowing down. I like to call it being in my cave Mm -hmm. where we could heal our nervous system and take care of ourselves so that we could be better caretakers for others. And so that we could give the best of us versus what's left of us. And as moms, Mm. that is just such a constant of living in a state of exhaustion and overwhelm. I love what you just said about learning to give the best of us instead of the rest of us. I've never heard that before. And that's like such a perfect mom thing, (laughs) momism, because yeah, usually we're giving like real tired leftovers. (laughs) 
<laughs> I just saw a meme the other day that was like, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's like, as moms, we do everything for everybody. And then everybody wonders why we're in a bad mood all the time. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I like making dinner at night. I'm like so done by the time I'm making dinner. And if anyone in my family walks into the kitchen, I get so territorial and impatient. Like I don't want to be here and I really don't want to be here with you. Like I want to be here alone with a podcast in my ear and do not come in my kitchen. And then I'm like, like, I just got done with my work day. Like I should be like, Oh, it's so great to see you all. Like, don't you want to talk? And I'm like, no, don't want to talk. <laughs> nope. You're like, don't want to talk. I just want to cook. And it's like, this is the last thing that I have to do for the day is finish this meal because my kids are 14 yes. now. So like, I don't have to put them to bed at this point, you know, but it's like, I'm done. And now I'm going to go in my room and watch, you know, 90 day fiance or whatever it is. We won't tell the audience, like all the shows that we watch because mm -mm. it might discredit us completely. So <laughs> we do have some good conversations about the real high caliber TV that we watch. At I thought this was shameless mom. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm pretty shameless with my TV viewing. Everyone already knows about my um, <laughs> Real Housewives and Vanderpump obsession. So it's kind of already out there. In the open. But yes, this is how like people who work in these kinds, like in the coaching mental health space, we're like real shameless about like, and how I compensate for that is by watching really bad TV. <laughs> But you know what's interesting? I recently have had a few conversations with different coaches and therapists, and there we all have this fascination with, or at least the ones I spoke with, reality programming. And yeah. for me, I sit there and I'm fascinated because I'm like, I'm watching a slice of a subculture yeah. that I might not ever see. And then they're choosing to be on television doing yeah. what they're doing. And so yeah. for me, it's just, you know, I'm always like, I'm studying human behavior. Yes. And my husband's no. like, no, you're not. You're just watching crap. I say the I'm same like thing. I totally say, I'm like, I'm studying human behavior. Don't you remember? I'm a sociology major with a psychology minor. Of course, I'm like here studying these people. Why are they doing what they're doing? I want to know everything about it. Totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so funny. I'm glad we justified it. <laughs> oh, yes, I know. So for anyone else who needs to justify it, you can just use those. Like that's your whole little package there, your template right. for justifying. And TV. it's self-care when you're done. Yes, it totally is. I would say self-nourishment. It's yes. nourishes the escapism nourishes the souls. So, yeah. Well, yeah. you have to, especially when you're doing a lot of, you know, like, you know, I feel like all humans have trauma, right? There's big mm -hmm. traumas, there's little traumas. And when you're going through hard times, I mean, I get this question a lot. Like, is it like, I had somebody ask me, is it okay if I binge Game of Thrones? And I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. You could absolutely, as long as you're not escaping it, like mm -hmm. be in your feelings, work through what you have to work through. But if you need to check out for a hot minute, that's okay too. Right. It's the balance. Absolutely. Totally. You just mentioned people working through trauma, processing trauma. I want to talk a little bit about your grief journey. So when we met actually, which I'm trying to remember when that was a few years ago, maybe a couple of years ago. One of the things I learned about you early on was that you had a son who passed away. And I remember wanting to ask, and you were talking about it really openly and you talk about Jack a lot and which is incredible the way that you talk about him. I love it so much. It's one of the things that like immediately endeared me to you, but I felt like I couldn't even like get a sentence out to ask you a question without starting to cry. <laughs> and Vinny at the time was eight and you lost Jack when he was eight. And I remember trying to like ask a question and then being like, oh my God, I can't ask you this question because I'm going to start crying. And then you're going to have to take care of me. And I don't want you to take care of me. Like this is your thing. And it was this whole situation and you were just laughing at me, but I have been so touched and really even transformed by the way that you've talked about Jack. So can you tell us a little bit about your grief journey around that loss and anything that you want to share about that experience? I know that you are really intentional about how you talk about Jack and how he continues to exist in your life. And so whatever feels good to you to share, we would love to hear. Yeah. So Jack is my firstborn. So he had air quotes, benign childhood epilepsy, and he had a seizure uh, related accident and died unexpectedly. And that was in 2006. And my voice will always <laughs> quiver when I talk about him. And I also had at the time I have, you know, and I have twins also who were at the time were almost seven. And I mean, it shattered my world. I don't even, you know, to 
it's really hard to put into words the experience, except that it was primal and soul shattering. And, you know, people ask, like, you know, like I look back now being seven years out and that whole first year is pretty much, you know, a blur, you know, because your mind is, you know, protecting you quite honestly Mm -hmm. with all the shock, but it was one of those moments where it's like, how is this my life? You hear stories of moms losing children and you never expect that anything like this is going to happen. And here I am, we had actually just come back from like five weeks backpacking through Thailand. And literally four days later, we were in the ICU, you know, and within a week he was gone. And so I didn't want to live. I didn't want to do life, you know, and I just would be up in his room and I would be on the floor just crying. And, you know, I mean, that's even like, I don't even, the crying isn't even the word. It was just like this guttural primal thing. And I was just like, okay, maybe I'll just live this passively suicidal life waiting to die, mm-hmm. you know, because I have a very strong spiritual part of myself. All of the work that I do now is very spiritual work with my clients. And I was like, okay, I know, you know, on that spiritual level that like, we're always going to be connected, but the mom part of me was just like, I don't know how to do any of this. And I don't want to do any of this. And maybe I'll just, like I said, like live this victimized, passive life waiting to die. Mm -hmm. And I remember having this moment on the floor of his room because I, you know, whenever you, again, we have these on the floor moments, like whether it's the bedroom, the bathroom, the kitchen, but it's like these dark nights of the soul. And I remember going, okay, I'll just, you know, live this passively suicidal life. And then the next second, my grandmother popped into my head and she at the time was 98. And I just remember being like, crap, I'm going to, I've got a lot of her genes. I'm likely going to be here a really long time (laughs) and living this life on top of what I just got handed Mm -hmm. is like a double jail sentence. Mm -hmm. And I just remember in that moment being like, you have to get up. Even if it's not for yourself, you have to get up for your daughters, your husband, your family, Mm -hmm. and you need to transform the shit out of this worst experience you're ever going to experience in your life. And it was in that moment. And it wasn't like, no, transform my life after that. But it was like, literally <laughs> Check, like, done. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great. I just transformed. Awesome. It was like, I was like, okay, can you get out of your pajamas today? Can you eat some of the food that's pouring out of your kitchen because you have a meal train that you are like, that people just keep bringing food and food and food. And like, you know, I had no appetite. Yeah. You know, and so it was like, okay, can I eat a meal? Can I get out of my pajamas? Can I take my girls to school? Nope, can't do that one yet. Mm. Like, and it was literally, you know, people say like one day at a time or one step at a time. But for me, it was really one breath at a time. I was just like, I have to just be here right now because if I thought about the past, it was too painful. If I thought about the future and life without him, it was too painful. But it was like, how can I create steps so I could just, function. Yeah. You know, and part of that process was, you know, being in his room and crying until I couldn't, I had no tears left and journaling like, you know, about him and all the things about him that I wouldn't forget and all the, you know, how he liked Doritos or Sprite or, you know, and sometimes I would write to him, you know, and then I would sit and meditate and I would be with him in meditation and, it was through that, like, okay, on that spiritual level, I know that when you, in my belief, when you die, you die, but your soul lives on. Mm-hmm. We're all energy. Energy doesn't go anywhere. It just changes form. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I have to, in order to like survive this life, I have to learn how to have a different relationship with him because not mm-hmm. having a relationship with him was not an option for me. Yeah. 
This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listener can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. I appreciate the way you talk about grief. And I've seen you do this in our friendship over the last couple of years as well, where like where you're in a hard moment season, whatever, and you let yourself sit in it. And I am like, let's just pretend it's not there. Or let's like, I want like, what is the thing that I can use as a fix to get out of this uncomfortable space as soon as possible? And I think that your ability to sit in it and give yourself permission to sit in it is a gift. And also like probably the most uncomfortable option, but also the most healing option. I think that that also, I want you to speak to this if I'm misspeaking for sure, but I'm wondering if that also is what allowed you to find that connection to Jack that could live on because you let yourself sit in that space and figure out what, like, what does the next season of our relationship look like? So, okay. When I sit in that space, there's like, honestly, there's like no figuring out, you know, and like, Mm -hmm. whether it's death of a child or a divorce or Mm -hmm. some sort of family trauma, whatever it is, you know, I always, you know, everybody wants the quick fix. Mm-hmm. nobody wants to feel the pain and everybody wants the quick fix and they want the magic pill, but here's the deal. The magic pill is sitting in it. Yeah. Is allowing, it's like the only way through is through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember early on, you know, I like, and I don't usually hear things like I usually feel him or like, I'll see a, like a symbol of him or a song. I'll come on on the radio and I'll know that it's him, you know, and, 
but I did hear very early on, like be in the blackness mom. And it mm-hmm. to me, I interpreted that as like, allow yourself to be in the depths of that darkness and that yeah. depression. And that's really scary because yeah. when, I mean, when I was in it, and again, when I'm talking with clients, people don't want to go there because there's this fear that they're never going to get out of it. But if you allow yourself to go into those depths, like that's where the healing happens. Mm -hmm. It's like when you allow yourself to be the most vulnerable and go there is where you find that inner strength to go, okay, I can now take a couple more steps, you know? Mm -hmm. And when I would feel the like the grief kind of coming on, it's like, you know, cause sometimes I'd be like, okay, I'm, I'm okay. Right now I'm okay. I might not be okay in five minutes, but right now I'm okay. And then I would feel almost like this anxiety starting mm-hmm. to happen. And it was like a, like a wave getting pulled out. And then I like, okay, I feel like this grief storm is going to come. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning it was just tsunami after tsunami after tsunami. And then as I moved farther away from the experience, it'd be like, okay, here's some choppy waters. Mm. And, you know, some days were calm, you know, but grief is love and I'm never going to stop loving my child. And so, you know, I'm still in this ocean of Mm -hmm. grief slash love. And then it's about learning how to navigate it. And so when you allow yourself to be in that dark space, it's like being in the chrysalis, right? Like the caterpillar goes into the chrysalis and then it's in the chrysalis. It doesn't like bust out being like, how am I going to figure out to be a butterfly really fast? Like it's, yeah. it, and like, I found this, like, I love this fun fact. When the caterpillar goes into the chrysalis, it literally turns into goo. <laughs> and except for like a couple of platelets, it's like this gooey liquid. And then it starts to transform. And so we're, no different than that caterpillar in the chrysalis. So when, for me, it was so important to just be like, okay, I have to feel every feeling and leave no stone unturned, you know? And like, yeah, I'm a therapist. Yeah. I do coaching, like all the things. So I, you know, but it was like, I knew intuitively, this is what I have to do. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to skirt over anything because I know if I, rush through this process, something else is going to pop up. I'll start getting panic attacks or like, you know, it's like, you can't outsmart like our ego brains thinks that we could outsmart our body (laughs) and our feelings. Yes. That's very true. You've seen me try to do it. I I mean, so do I, (laughs) but I think I'm pretty good at it, but maybe I'm not. (laughs) Yeah. You might be good. (laughs) You probably teach a class on it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, and what I hear you saying is this enormous step in surrendering. And if you're like a high performer type A person, the last thing you want to do is surrender. You want to be like, nope, I have some action steps. I have yeah. a highlighter and here I go with my clipboard and we are going to fix some things and check some boxes <laughs> and like nail some boards on this and call it done. <laughs> and for that overachiever, you could still do that because like what was happening was like, you know, again, I don't know how many months this was happening or not, but it got to a point where I was like, okay, I feel like I'm emotionally hemorrhaging yeah, all the time. And I need to learn how to function. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to your point, and I ain't saying that I'm not a, a high achiever because I know that I am. Yeah. I was like, okay, I need to contain the hemorrhage. How can yeah. I do this? Yeah. And so for me, I literally, I mean, I didn't schedule into a schedule, but every morning I went upstairs and I went into his room and I cried until I couldn't cry anymore. I journaled and I meditated and I got it out of my system mm-hmm. so that I could check those boxes, so to speak. Yeah. And then be like, okay, can I look at a piece of mail today? Or Mm -hmm. am I able to take the girls to school yet? I don't know. Like that was a really hard one, you know, because I was at school too. And then, you know, and another byproduct of just going through a grief, grief process. And I know a lot of moms out there and women in general have a really hard time receiving. Mm, Yeah. And you know, looking back now, seven years, I could be like, okay, what were the lessons that I got out of 
this experience. And one of them is learning how to receive. I am great, great at giving, giving. Same. Let me love up on you. Let me help you. Like it's what I do for a living. But to have that turned and have to receive all the food, all the love, all the what, I mean, whatever. I mean, it was just like flooded that I was like, wow, this is, this is really difficult. Yeah. I am receiving an enormous amount of love from hundreds and hundreds of people. Mm. And this is really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so that was like one of those, like, I don't know, by proxy lessons of like, wow, huh. I really have a hard time receiving love. Yeah. I'm curious if you, one of the things that happened after Vinny was born, when I received, and I think after babies are born, we, and even, and after weddings, like after big life events, we have this like outpouring of love and support. And you really like see all the people who are going to show up for you. And I remember people doing, you know, really kind things for us and me being like, oh my God, that's just another thank you note I need to write. Like, because I felt like I had to reciprocate every single action. And right. even like on a Facebook post where I'd put up like a picture of him, like when he was two days old and then like 80 people would comment all like, oh my God, he's so cute. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to like comment back to 80 people. <laughs> and right. to your point, I'm like, or I could just not, like I could just trust that those people care enough about me to be giving without giving two shits about or not right. write a thank you note or reply back. Well, and it's funny that you said that because the other lesson, I mean, and I've been pretty good with boundaries for a long time, but I was like, that was the other lesson. Like, I was like, nope, I'm not going or let me think about it. I have to see how I feel. But it was one of those things where I remember, I mean, getting all of the, you know, all the things, flowers, food, blah, blah, blah. But I remember like my mother-in-law, like starting to write thank you cards. And I remember saying to my husband, I was like, I'm not a thank you card person in general, like just FYI. (laughs) But I was like, there is no way in hell I am writing a thank you card for any of this stuff. You know, and he's like, he's great. He's Midwestern. He's like, okay, you do whatever you want. But I was just like, I can't. And I was like, if anybody is going to get offended that they didn't Oh my gosh. <laughs> receive something from me. Like then I buy they're <laughs> Yeah. They're not my people, yeah. <laughs> you know, like they're going to understand. And it's, you know, one of the questions that I get asked a lot, you know, because, you know, I'm this inadvertent grief expert now, like, you know, what do I say? What do I do? You know? And I always just tell people like, just show up just hold space for that person. Like nothing that you're going to say is going to make anybody feel better. And one of the things that was so helpful for me, and I share this with people who ask me, I said, just send a heart emoji. Mm -hmm. That's it. So that we're not alone because, you know, to your point after, you know, everybody floods in and then after a few months, everybody goes back to their life. And then, you know, I'm still living with this, you know, so it gets really lonely as well. And so it was really nice to like every once in a while, just get like a little heart emoji from a friend. And I knew I didn't have to respond if I couldn't. Mm -hmm. And if I did, all I have to do is send another heart back. Yeah. You know, but there was something really special and sacred about that heart emoji. Like just show up for people. Because there are people who are going to show up and then there are going to be people who don't show up and, you know, you'll be shocked, you know, where you expect people, you're like, oh, this person's totally going to show up for me. And then they don't. And then you're like, well, that's clear. You know, this relationship is not going to stand the test of time. I think we were talking about this on Marco Polo with a mutual friend recently about the, oh, how are you? Like weeks after (sighs) a traumatic, was that us talking about that? Yeah, And you were saying that people would come up to you, you know, for a long time after the loss of Jack and they would say, oh, how are you? And if you had been, were kind of having a, like a little bit of a better day, then you had to go into this like regression of like, oh, like they're sad for me. So like, I have to now mirror that. Can you talk right. about that question? Cause I do think like, that's the question that I am always like, I want to hold space. So I asked that question and then I'm like, oh my God, I'm just like, I'm making their grief about me more like meeting them where they're at. It's tricky. You know, it's like grief is like a landmine, especially when it comes to, you know, it, you know, a grief of a child, 
you know, because some days you're doing okay. And then some days you're not. And I remember one of my girlfriends, you know, she said to me, how are you right now? Mm. And it was one of those moments where I was like, thank you for asking it that way. Because I mean, that's a really loaded question. How are you? You know, and then it's also laden in like emotion and you know, I remember it was like, I think one of the first holidays after Jack had passed and I have a cousin who's also a therapist and she had come over and she asked that question, like, how are you? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just spent the morning crying and I had to pull myself together. And I actually don't want to talk about it. Right. I just want to have a glass of champagne and like, compartmentalized for a little bit. And she was like, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Let me get you a glass, you know? And so, you know, it's tricky because then, you know, as you get farther out or as I've gotten farther out in the grief and people are like, how are you? You know, you don't, I mean, first of all, that question is like, I don't love that question. Do you Mm -hmm. really want to know how I am? Or do you just Mm -hmm. want me to say things are great? (laughs) Yeah. I'm all done. (laughs) Yeah. Great. Nothing's going on. You know. And so, you know, it's always a tricky question, but when my friend asked me like, how are you right now? It helps put things in perspective. I was like, right now I'm okay. I was a hot mess earlier. I'll probably be a hot mess later, but Mm -hmm. thank you for checking in with me. Yeah. One of the things that I know you talk about is how to kind of shift from a perspective of life happening to you to life happening for you. And it's interesting when I've had friends in, you know, really traumatic moments or seasons of their life, it's been really eye opening how much people don't want to. And it's also like shifted my perspective on this idea, but it's the idea that everything happens for a reason is real offensive to someone who's like in a moment of trauma or a season of trauma. And I've really like, as someone who believe a lot of things do happen for a reason or like has seen like evidence of that. I'm like, Oh, I need to like think about that in a better way because there's really horrific. I mean, perfect example, losing a child, like to say to someone, everything happens for a reason. Like that's a horrendous thing to say, but I do think that there's this perspective that everything life is happening for you instead of to you. And how do you, like, how can you use that perspective in hard moments in a way that's healthy and not bypassing or not like, you know, kind of not centering the actual grief and trauma that's happening? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, that's kind of like a multifaceted question. So (laughs) first, you know, my belief again, like I'm spiritual, I'm not religious. And my belief is that, you know, we're all souls in a human body. And so our soul before it comes down into human form, it says, okay, I want to learn specific things in order to grow and evolve. And then it's like, okay, I'm going to pick these parents. I'm going to pick these siblings. I'm going to pick these partner or life experience or whatever. And then your soul chooses all the stuff like before it kind of air quote comes down. And then your little itty bitty baby, right? You get born. And then like this veil comes down. So you don't remember any of the things that you signed up for because quite honestly, if I knew everything that was going to happen to me, like not even, I mean, aside from Jack, you know, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that's happened, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If I knew everything that was going to happen to me, I'd be rocking in a corner, like Mm -hmm. not wanting to live. Right. And so, you know, so this like veil comes down and then you live your life and you, you know, say, okay, I'm going to go date this person or I'm going to move here and blah, blah, blah. Right. And then experiences happen. Mm -hmm. And so on that spiritual level, my family all essentially signed up for this experience so that we could grow and learn and evolve, you know, as a human, as a soul, for whatever reason, you know, so that's like one piece of it. And so that for me was really helpful in my healing process. But when I was in the thick of the grief, I wasn't saying, why is this happening for me? Yeah. There's no way in hell I was saying that. I was saying like, why did this happen to me? Mm-hmm. How is this my life? Yeah. This is something that is, he is never coming back. Mm-hmm. And how, how is this my life? And so once 
you know, again, like that one foot in front of the other, and I got a little bit farther out, it's a reflection point of going, okay, why did this happen for me? What did I have to learn from this experience? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, well, I had to learn how to receive love. That's one of them mm-hmm. in a really big way. I had to learn about more about boundaries. I had to learn about like my core wound of abandonment, you know? And so like for me, and again, like Scorpio therapist, I got to like dive deep into everything and everything is symbolic and all mm-hmm. the things. <laughs> But like, I'm a meaning maker, like I have to make meaning out of this or else I'm like, why did like, otherwise, why did this happen? Right. And so, you know, when you are able to say, you know, the difference between why did this happen to me keeps you in this victimized space. And it's really hard to get out of that space. I could have easily just been like, I'm going to play this victim card for the rest of my life, you know, but I chose not to, you know? And so when you shift those two little words of two versus four, your entire life trajectory shifts. And then there's like, okay, I can make meaning out of this and I could take the steps to, you know, to be a better human, you know, because there's a lesson in everything, which goes back to like, everything happens for a reason. Like, yes, don't say that to somebody when they're in the midst of it. Mm. Yeah. Keep your mouth shut and hold yeah. space. <laughs> no. yeah. yeah. But you know, but it, it like and and it's true, but like when you look back, it's like, okay, everything did happen for a reason. Like there are tons of signs that went like, okay, like you know, pre him leaving, there was like a whole bunch of like synchronistic things that when I look back on, I was like, oh wow, like he was leaving, you know, and then the transformation that our family has made, you know, wouldn't have happened if he hadn't passed. And it's when you go through a serious, like any sort of trauma, it really is, you know, it's, I said soul shattering before, but it's really like ego shattering, right? It's just like we, you know, it's like we all have these human suits that we're like, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a whatever, you know, and we have all these labels and then we think we have to be this certain way based on our society and our culture. And then when shit hits the fan, it's like your human suit just cracks open and then your soul kind of steps out. And it's one of those moments where you go, you wake up again, whether it's death, whether it's some other trauma. And so like just with your listeners, again, like everybody has trauma, big T, little T. And it's about going back to that wound and healing it so that you could glean the wisdom that comes from the wound. And so when you allow yourself to do that, then you're honoring that authentic soul part of you. And you're going, oh, okay, now I could start to see a pattern in my life. Like I said, like one of my core wounds is abandonment, especially male abandonment, you know? And so it was like, oh, this is the ultimate abandonment, Mm -hmm. you know? But, and so it was like, I have to go back and heal this wound so that I could grow and evolve. Yeah. This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers. On an adventure through time, packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever. And your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you. And you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories 
to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep (laughs) as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. Speaking of healing wounds from the past, we did a hypnotherapy session and segue. I know. (laughs) So we have been talking about doing a session for a while. And like, I had some ideas you were like, I think when we first started talking about it, you were like, figure out what you want to like, what you want the session to be around. And then we can talk about that thing. And so I'm like, okay, like, I don't know what the thing should be. And then we ended up, I'm trying to remember the sequence of events. We, I think we ended up booking something and I still didn't know what the thing should be, but then something happened like the day or the day before or something that I was coming in to see you. And I was like, when I showed up, I was like, here's the thing. Like I'm fired up. I'm mad. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. Uh, and you were like, like, yes. oh, you were so excited that I could designate <laughs> that I could define the thing. And then your next question was, something along the lines of like, when else have you felt like this in your life or who else has made you feel this way in your life or something. And it just took us like right back to like core wound. And I told you before that session multiple times, cause you were like, I'm going to make you feel some feelings. And I was like, I don't like feeling feelings. And I'm going to be really mad if you make me cry. <laughs> and I mean, before you even finished asking the first question, I think. And also when we walked, when I walked in and we started, you had me put on an eye mask. So, and we were, I was in this cozy little nook in your office. And before you even asked the first question, like tears started coming out of my eyes. And I was like, damn it. And I remember saying to you, I'm like, you're already making me cry. I'm so mad at you already. <laughs> but then we had this really incredible session and it was helped me connect so many dots. I still, you know, it's been a few months now and I still think about that session a lot in terms of how I integrate different things into my life. So we did, a, it was a hypnotherapy session. And I want to talk a little bit about hypnotherapy and the power that it has to take people back because I very much expected that I would be in this like trance state that I wouldn't remember or that you would like, you did this really lovely, like kind of counting down into and walking me through this, like kind of relaxation to get me into a different state. And I remember after the countdown, I'm like, I'm still here. Like, I'm not like, I'm going to remember this. So it was actually like more mild than I expected, but also very productive. So I want to talk a little bit about the work that you do with hypnotherapy and then any myths that you want to dispel, because I think that this work can be so incredibly healing. And I know I've referred friends to you who have had extremely transformative experiences, but I think that people might be a little nervous or scared around just like being hypnotized and like, are you losing control? And what does that really mean? And Or is it too woo-woo? So can you kind of talk around all that? Yeah. So hypnosis is basically a fancy word for saying for relaxation, for being in a relaxed Mm -hmm. state. Yeah. And so again, there's stage hypnosis where like people are like, are you going to make me quack like a duck or whatever it (laughs) is? That's what I feel. I'm like, was she going to make me like bark like a dog while I'm also crying about something? (laughs) (laughs) And not remember. Right. Right. (laughs) No. So basically it's like being in a relaxed state. And the, you're going to remember everything. 
And so what happens is like so often we live in our head and we live in our conscious mind and we're thinking about stuff. We're trying to figure things out where everything has to be logical and linear. And that conscious mind and the ego is where it's 10% of your mind. The other 90% is the subconscious mind. And so when you're in a relaxed state, you're in the subconscious mind. And so the subconscious holds your dreams, your feelings, your beliefs and behaviors, all of your bodily functions, your spiritual connection. And we're there 90% of the time. And you know, when you're driving a car and you're, you're just driving along and then all of a sudden you're like, I was not paying attention to anything that was going on. And you're just, you just zoned out. Mm-hmm. that's the hypnotic state. That's actually called highway hypnosis, you know? And then you're like, I just drove like 20 miles and I don't remember driving 20 miles. Like, <laughs> How did I get here? <laughs> right. You're like, whoa, okay. And you snap out of it. So that, you know, or it's like staring out a window or being in a meditation or laying in Shavasana after a yoga class or that time, like right before you're about to fall asleep. Mm. That is all the subconscious mind. And when you're in the subconscious, that annoying pesky frenemy, the ego, and I call it the frenemy because the ego was developed, you know, when you're seven so that you could protect yourself because when, before age seven, you're in your subconscious 100% of the time. And the subconscious is like a sponge. So it's taking in everything. It's taking like in the colors of the trees that you're seeing beyond, you know, your window, it's taking in all the good stuff. It's taking in the bad stuff, the ugly stuff, the traumatic stuff. And it's, it's just a huge sponge. And so at age seven, your ego mind starts to, to develop and go, Ooh, okay. I didn't like that. So I'm going to create this survival mechanism so I could survive whatever experience I'm going through. And so when you're in that hypnotic state, that ego heart softens because the ego's like, I got it. I know why I overfunction. I know why I overgive. I know why I act this way. I know that. I know this. I know that. <laughs> right. And it keeps you in your head. Yes. Right. And and then, I like to be in my head. It, it works really well for me. <laughs> oh my God. I don't <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I used to live in my head, but then Mm -hmm. when I found this and I went, oh, wait, all because this, my head was like crazy making after a while. Mm. I mean, I I also relate to that piece of it. Yeah, (laughs) right. And so I, so part of being in that hypnotic state is getting you out of your head and into your body so you could feel and you could have a somatic response. So like, when you came in and you were all fired up and you were feeling angry, I don't know if you remember this, but I said, where in your body do you feel this? Mm. And then you were able to locate it in your body. And so when we are in that state, we are able to connect within our body and not try to figure stuff out. And so in that relaxation, you know, like you go to a favorite place and you, you know, and it's, you remember everything. It's very sensory. So like, when I take people to their favorite place, say it's an ocean, it's like, look at all the colors and the textures, like feel the sun on your face or the breeze on your skin or the sand in your toes and smell the the sea air. You're using all of your senses. And so when you are in that sensory space, you're in your subconscious. And then you're able to, again, because that ego is softened and not like, this is why I'm doing it it's softened. You're able to go back to the root of whatever the issue is that you came in with and get there and heal that experience on a deeper, more efficient level. Because when an experience happens to you, you know, say at like seven, your again, mind is trying to protect you. So it goes, okay, something just happened. And I'm going to make this belief about myself in a split second that I'm not worthy or I'm not lovable or I'm stupid or whatever the belief is, some faulty belief. And then based on that belief, the next split second thing is, okay, so now I'm going to decide to behave this way. Mm-hmm. So if I have this pre-recorded, you know, tape running in the back of my head, 
of I'm not worthy. So I'm going to people, please. I'm going to overgive. I'm going to, and all that happens subconsciously, right? You're not like deciding here's what happened. And now I'm going to decide you're subconsciously in that split second, taking on this belief. Yep. And then it plays out over the course of your whole life. And so, and this was like my situation, having a split second belief, a shift in belief that has then played out in terms of like how I show up, you know, for 47 or for 40 years since then. Right. Which is a bit, and it's, you know, and it's like the mother. Yeah. It's like the motherboard of a computer. Right. So like yeah. you programmed that belief and that behavior all subconsciously. And then like 47 years later, you're like, why does this pattern keep showing up? Yeah. You know, and then, but you can't get it. You can't figure it out, which is yeah. why you have to go in kind of like that back door of the subconscious to explore it and then heal that inner child. And that's a big piece too, because that belief and that behavior was created by a seven-year-old or a 13-year-old or whatever, you know? And so, and then that person, that 13-year-old is then acting out on behalf of the 47-year-old and that's no, that's no good, right? Mm -hmm. So then it's about going and healing that inner child and then creating new beliefs and behavior. So you could essentially reprogram that motherboard so that you're like, okay, I am worthy and I can take care of myself. And it's okay if I go, if I rest and be and not, you know, over function or whatever it is. Right. Right. Yeah. One of the questions you asked me in the situation that I was in, and I was super, super frustrated with a person and you were like, who else has made you feel this way? And then I was like, Oh my gosh. Like there is someone else who made me feel this way. And it's played out in this other person. So in so many ways recently. And when I made that connection, I was like, Oh my God, that explains why I have this very strange, anxious attachment to like just one person in my life. Like no one else, everyone else. I have very like functional, normal relationships with, but this one person I have this very anxious attachment to, and I couldn't figure out why. And then when you helped me see like, oh, that's also the relationship that you had with another person when you were much younger, it, like so many things clicked into place. And then I was able to have a much healthier perspective on, oh, so instead of having this weird, anxious attachment with this person at age 47, I can figure out what was the things that happened and then didn't heal at age like eight to 47 <laughs> with another person and be able to like connect all the dots there, which, oh my gosh, so significant. So I think that's like the gift of being able to sit with someone who can walk you through that. Also, you yeah. took me to a beach in Isla Mujeres, which was incredible <laughs> on our, on our hip, hypno journey. Um, and I got to feel like the sand in my toes and the sun on my face. And I got to be there with Vinny, like, and th- with my husband and it was like created all this safety and it was really lovely. So like all those components really create this transformative experience in terms of how your brain works and also how you can get into your body, even if you don't like getting into your body and also how you can start to heal things. Well, and also another powerful piece is that inner child. That's like, you know, again, yes. that little eight-year-old, Yeah, there's that part where I say, okay, bring in your adult self and imagine yourself hugging that little girl. And then you're essentially reparenting yourself So you're like, you know, I love you. You're worthy. You're, you know, whatever comes to you. And it's such a powerful piece because it really, you know, parents mess up. We mess up all the time. Right. And so do our parents. And so like when you're able to, you know, even outside of the hypnotic experience, be like, okay, I'm getting triggered. How old does that part of me feel? And what do I need to tell myself so I could reparent myself? So I'm not so that eight-year-old or that 13-year-old isn't running the show and that adult part of me is. And then that way you could actually respond versus react in life. Right. Okay. So you work with people in a couple different ways. If people are like, oh my gosh, I need to do this. <laughs> I need to be healed. I highly recommend doing it with Nadia. So tell people how you work with them and where they can find you and connect with you. Well, the best way to connect with me is either via Instagram, I'm Nadia Aarons. And then you could go to my website, NadiaAaronsCoaching.com. And when you go there, I have a really cool self-hypnosis meditation all about boundaries and taking Mm -hmm. care of yourself. And so if you head on over there, you could grab that. And um, yeah, I work one-on-one with people. I do it on Zoom. I did it, do it in person if you're local. 
And it's really powerful and it's really healing. And so if you're curious about it, hit me up and um, let's chat. So you work virtually with people one-on-one, you work in person with people one-on-one if you're in the greater Seattle area and want to go to her most adorable, cozy, comfy office space near Green Lake, or you also have a retreat coming up. I do. Tell us about the retreat. I get so into like talking about my stuff that I like forget. I know. I'm so, like, she didn't say the retreat. I have I know, retreat in I my totally notes. Forgot. We're supposed to talk about right. the retreat. <laughs> You're such a good friend. Thanks for the reminder. Yeah. I'm holding a retreat journey back to your soul, September 21st through the 24th in Leavenworth, Washington, which is an awesome mountain town, like two hours east of here. And it is going to be awesome. Like it's, we're going to be doing some group healing work and I, you know, it's like, it's a journey back to your soul. So you're going to be doing inner child work, but then it's also meeting your higher self, understanding, you know, your patterns in life and starting to understand what your soul journey is and understanding what I like to call your soul map. And then, and beginning your journey of healing. And so that's going to be September 21st to the 24th in Leavenworth. So nice. And will that be up on your website at naughtyarenscoaching.com? It will be, it is not yet, but if you are interested, just email me and I'll put you on the wait list. Okay, perfect. I know that you, if people are like, is this for me? I know that you tend to attract a lot of people like me. (laughs) So (laughs) overachievers, high level people pleasers, um, <laughs> people who like to be controlling all the things all the time, people who maybe struggle with surrender, but maybe know that they would benefit if they could surrender. But also that sounds horrible to surrender. <laughs> so if you are someone who relates to a lot of the content on the show, especially when I talk about myself, you're probably a great candidate for the retreat. Great candidate. And, you know, it's also your, I want to just share that going back to this you know, cause you're going on journeys You're in your subconscious mind. It could be scary for people, but the, at the end of the day, like your highest self and your wisest self is going to protect you. Yeah. And so that is what's guiding the session. And so it's going to be like, whatever comes up, you are ready to work with and deal with. And like, people are like, what if something comes up and I didn't know about it? I'm like, if you're not supposed to know about something, it's not going to come up your wise mind is going to protect you. And Mm -hmm. I always like to kind of do hypno light, so to speak, where I bring people in if they're, you know, if they're, they don't want to just go in and go deep like you did. Like I do little mini things, like let's just bring them to that favorite place and do some work, getting in touch with the wise self and maybe going someplace that was really positive, you know, so you get a sense and a feel for what it's like to be in that space. And like, but once you go through it, you're like, that was amazing. Like I hear all the time, like that session was like six months of therapy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And as a therapist, and I've been one forever, when you just talk back and forth cognitively, what you're doing is you're just creating more synapses mm. to that trauma. You're, you're, you're creating more grooves, so to speak, in your brain, just talking about, you know, whatever it is you're talking about in traditional therapy. And look, I've been doing this for over 20 years, but when you do the work in that subconscious mind, it shifts everything and that's it's creating new neuropathways in your mind and not making the old ones stronger. Yeah. Nadia, how are you currently showing up as a shameless mom? <laughs> you know, honestly, just showing up every day, being like my most authentic self. And like, again, going back to like, when you go through something like what I went through, you're just like, you know what? Fuck it. This is who I am. If you're going to like me, you're going to like me. If you're not, you're not. And, you know, I hope to kind of just show up and be that beacon to, you know, who other moms who are on the same path that I am on. And that, and even if you're not on the same path that, you know, whatever your journey is, like, you always have the choice to, you know, basically be a victim or transform. And, you know, Mm -hmm. that's how I'm showing up as a mom, just, you know, messing up, doing my best and, you know, loving up on all of my kiddos, the ones that are here and the one that's not. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you so much for taking time with us today. And thank you so much for sharing 
all the preciousness that is Jack and the ways that he has been in your life for all of his life um, and continues to be in your life. It's always feels like an honor to be a part of some of the special moments that you have shared with me in terms of on any given day when you're like, I just felt really connected to Jack today. And then you'll share little examples. And it feels really, really special to be a part of that. And also it feels really hopeful to know, to like see how you have been able to make meaning and something that's deeply like where you feel a deep sense of connection in spite of a really, really tremendous loss. And so I want to thank you for just walking us through that and kind of demonstrating how that can be done. And I also want to thank you for telling folks about hypnotherapy and how it can be helpful in healing and also dispelling myths about quacking like ducks and barking like dogs and being on stages. (laughs) Um, So I will link up everything in the show notes. If people go to shamelessmom.com and click on the episode with Nadia Ahrens, you can get links to her website, her social media, all the good stuff. Thank you. Thank you for being here, my friend. Thank you for having me. I love you. Love you too. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.